0: Welcome to the Care Exchange, the Skills for Care podcast for managers in social care. I'm Pierre Raffier-Burton.
1: And I'm Ali Rusbridge.
0: So today we've got Kirsty Armstrong. She's the registered manager of Kelly Park. Um, Kelly Park is a family-run home care organisation based in concept, uh, but providing care all across County Durham.
1: And Kirsty started in care at the age of 17 as a worker and she's had various roles, um, worked her way up and joined Kelly Park as the deputy manager. And she's been the registered manager there since the start of this year.
0: She's also the chair of her local registered manager network, which is amazing. So really looking forward to chatting to Kirsty. Stay tuned and join the show. So welcome, Kirsty, to the Care Exchange. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. <laughs> really great to have you here. So we heard the introduction that you are a fairly new manager. Um, so I think the first question we wanted to ask you was just about that. You know, lots of people always talk about uh, what's it like to when you first register with CQC. You know, what what's that whole process like? So how did that go for you?
2: So the initial process was very easy. Submitting the documents and the written application was a very straightforward process. It took around two hours, which was only because I was quite yeah. meticulous and crit- critical of yeah. my existing management styles. Mm-hmm. Um, and along with how I managed the business, um, as the interview loomed, I became very nervous as I had no idea as to what would be asked of me. Yeah, I stayed up for hours studying over every policy, the CARE Act, the Mental Capacity (laughs) Act.
0: I can imagine.
2: (laughs) Did I need this? Yes. But I made myself very stressed unnecessarily as the interview was discussion based. We chatted in depth and discussed many topics. But because of the most almost relaxed rapport between us, I put like it put me at ease I would say anybody applying you know more than you think you do yeah Yeah, I can
0: imagine and I think it's like anything isn't it the more you they will almost be better off kind of just ringing you and saying it's today
2: yeah (laughs) I suppose I could have chatted all day once the process started but initially I was so nervous because I just didn't have an understanding of what would have been asked There was no set type of questions or anything like that. So there was nothing to say, right, you've studied for the right things. Um, And I suppose the mind has a great way of kind of making you think that you don't know everything that you need (laughs) to know. But in actual fact, you might not use that every day, but somewhere within the mind it's stored. So it can quite easily come to the forefront of when you need it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, I'm sure, I'm sure, and I, it sounds like it went well, and you're clearly here today, so it must have gone well. So, so. so is, a- there, is there anything you've sort of learned since you've first started to be a registered manager? So that's all sort of kind of sort of six months ago, wasn't it?
2: Yep. Yes, I've learned a great deal since becoming a red manager. It's a very pa- fast paced, challenging, yeah. and every day is completely different within the role. I can give you a little insight into how my team recently described me. <laughs> to us, a superhero defines you, our red manager. Not only are you our manager, but you're also a healthcare assistant, a mentor, an agony aunt, a peacekeeper, a rotor wizard, a taxi driver, as well as a mother, a wife, a daughter, a sister, auntie and a friend. You make time for everyone else. Yet you have no time for yourself, answering calls, texts at all hours without complaint, carrying so much on your shoulders that others would collapse under. This is you, Kirsty, our manager. So I suppose I've learned that not all superheroes only exist in magazines and movies, saving the world daily. They're also very real people who make a difference to someone every day. Absolutely.
1: It's interesting you, you've you written that down. It's obviously really good to have got that f- feedback from your team, yeah. isn't it? Well, you I'm know, happy. that's great. It feedback. is.
2: It was a really positive feedback. And I suppose... Being a red-chested manager, you don't realise how many different hats you have to put on. Mm. You don't realise that, you know, one day you listen to somebody who's crying, very distressed. You know, the next day you give them really positive feedback. It's just so many different situations. And you've got to be able to adapt to all of that change very quickly and very easily. Um, so it's not just, you know, sitting behind a desk with a pen and a paper or sitting at a computer typing away, you know, it's about dealing with real people. And yeah. I think if you make sure that you have the right management skills, but also more importantly, the right leadership skills, um, yeah. you know, you'll never go far wrong and your team will engage and support you in whatever you need to them to do.
0: Yeah what was the occasion they wrote that down because it must have been it was amazing. when i actually
2: became Redchester manager i wanted to be that's good
0: yeah that's amazing oh well done you you've yeah. really got a team behind you who, who really believe in you <laughs> thank you uh, so we wanted to talk to you a little bit about the work that you've been doing with your local college and and your local university so tell us a bit about that partnership you've developed
2: So, yeah, so I was asked to sit on an advisory board for um, Durham College through our local authority, um, Durham County Council. And so since then, we've been partnership working with New College Durham to support their students with work experience. The students we have supported already have a vested interest in in the social care sector as they are currently studying studying a T-level qualification. Yep. The T-level courses are more of a degree level. The yep. partnership has been a huge success. We hope we will assist New College in its aspirations to bring an entry-level nursing to their curriculum in the near future. Wow. Hmm. We've also worked very hard to promote social care and advise both students and lecturers what it's really like to have a career in social care. From this students from all levels of health and social care have a real genuine insight into the everyday world of health and social care, along with the challenges we face, showing that it is much more than just a cup of tea and a chat. Mm -hmm. The work we are continuing to do with the college and in turn local schools and university is vital as it brings relevance to their learning and it opens up their eyes to different career paths within the social care sector. Yeah, I'm sure. Employers can be best source, the best sources of advice and guidance for students thinking about their future options. It can really strengthen the knowledge the young person has, which in turn creates a positive, well equipped future member of the team.
1: Can I ask oh, you a bit, Kirsty? Yeah. Can I just ask you about the, the placements? Because you've offered placements, but you've yeah. said, so that it's great that you've got that relationship with the And how. Yeah. In terms of um, student placements, what did you have to do to ensure that they were successful? Because I know a lot of people are don't want to take them on because they're worried about how they'll be. What did you do to make sure they're successful?
2: So we worked with the college directly. We went out, we educated them on what it's really like to work in social care in terms of it's not just a cup of tea and a chat that everybody thinks, you know, it's a very challenging sector to work in um, and every day can be very different. You know, you never know what you're going to walk into and you've got to be best equipped to deal with those situations. So I suppose we nurtured the students that we were going to take Mm. um, and we worked with the lecturers and the tutors to, you know, see where they were what skill set they already had um, and how as a business we could develop their already existing skills. So initially it was a great deal of work to find the right people with the right skills. But as we all know, people learn in different ways. So some students have taken a little longer to nurture than others, whereas some have no qualms that they will certainly be the leaders of our future. Mm. Mm and how did you um
0: because i'm assuming you had to sort of kind of persuade or work with your existing workforce around taking placements what sort of work did you do to sort of kind of prepare them that you're going to have student placements and they might need a bit of extra support that kind of thing
2: so we sent out some feedback Mm -hmm. um with the ideas that we had um, and what direction we wanted to kind of go down and you know, we educated our already existing staff that the reasoning behind why this would be important and mm. um, why young people are needed in social care. We educated them around the current care crisis that we all face um, with staffing. And very quickly, <laughs> most of my existing team Picked up the challenge and said, "Right, I really want to nurture a student. Mm. I want to turn them into something really great, yeah. and I want mm. that person to succeed in life." Um, so it's been really positive for everybody, um, and also, I suppose, for the older generation because the millennials, as as the stereotypically called now, um, they're so savvy with IT mm. and technology. So. In turn, they've been able to support the older generation of staff with the IT and the older generation have been able to support the younger generation with the hands-on practical skills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sort of
0: learning from each other, aren't they? Yeah. Kind of so it's worked supporting? really well. Yeah.
2: But
1: a lot of work, you you obviously did a lot of work to prepare the ground rather than just taking the student placement straight away. You had all of that nurturing of them, but also the relationships building over time and your own staff. So quite a process to get there.
2: It is, and it's an ongoing process. I mean, we talk to their parents, let the parents know how they're doing. We do college reports for those students. So, yes, it's time consuming, it's a lot of work, but I'm a firm believer that. If we put in this work now, you know, the, there's only the the chested managers of today that can make that change, that can change the perception of young people coming into social care. And that should be supported across the whole country to encourage these people in. There should be a pathway that, you know, isn't complicated. It's there for all young people. They're very important and the vital in, you know, the future of social care. Yeah. Especially
0: we all have a responsibility, isn't it? Is that, mm. That's what you're yeah. saying. Each, each register manager has a responsibility to be part of that um, process of in growing the the new workforce.
2: Without a doubt. What you're I know saying, mean, isn't it? Mm. I think there's, you know, is the 40% of social care staff that are, you know, coming up to retirement age, how are we going to fill that gap if we don't work with young people? Yeah, mm. Absolutely. And
0: how, what sort of tips would you give to other managers with their sort of thinking and working in partnership with their local college, university, secondary school? What, what sort of things would you say to a, a, a manager who perhaps haven't done that before?
2: So for me, I would just say go for it. You have nothing to lose and so much to gain. Yeah. Stop living in the past. Only the managers, only the managers of today can change this perception of employing young people. We can empower them, nurture them, mold them into our leaders of the future. Let's face it, we won't be here forever. Do something exciting and rewarding a day together. Let's support our local colleges and young people. Let's help them achieve and succeed. Yeah. And
0: you obviously had that
2: contact
0: through the council because I think sometimes just speaking as an expert as manager, we will, sometimes you try to kind of get to the right people within the college. And I found it really, really hard mm, to get yeah. to that, that right person. To kind of either email them or ring them and try and say, you know, I'd really want to engage with you and just kind of felt that I wasn't getting anywhere. So obviously because your local authority had that contact or was there another way you spoke to the right people in at the college?
2: I think for me, it's <laughs> networking is so important within any job role yeah. um, and certainly social care because it's that vast it's not just about going out into people's homes, there's care homes, there's healthcare, you know, you're working with NHS, you, you're working with a massive spectrum of people and I think if you have the right net networking then you're always going to get the right contacts and certainly our local authority is so proactive in rolling out, you know, the right contacts, the right people, there's a constant stream of, you know, communications that come through to yeah. all providers and um, so they're they're very proactive on that and that's been a huge benefit to me yeah
1: Mm. so make use of all the contacts you're given and you, you you mentioned the college but you also are you working with universities as well
2: yeah, so anybody that's studying, studying a um, nursing degree, we're offering, you know, placements to those people, working around their degree, working around their university commitments on kind of a bank basis. So that's also working really well. And of course, you know, any of my healthcare assistants are loving that because they have so much more insight to the kind of technical information. So they get really excited when kind of a trainee nurse comes in and mm. starts talking about blood pressures or, you know, what kind of BMI you should have and stuff like that. It really engages them mm. actually. Yeah.
0: So they obviously feel... So rather than, you might kind of, you could imagine, they might feel a bit intimidated, but it sounds like it's the opposite. They're actually taking the opportunity to kind of expand their own knowledge by having the students in pla- yeah. placement.
2: Wow, mm-hmm. and they're offering kind of a little bit, not, you know, medical advice as such, but certainly what they've learned so far yeah. within their degree. So maybe somebody with ulcerated legs, um, you know, how would they navigate that? How would they deal with that? So it's improving their care navigation skills as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, really beneficial for both. Yeah. from both points. And you mentioned young people, and I know you've also recruited quite a few young people uh, who are sort of kind of studying at the moment. You've kind of got them onto your bank, haven't you? You, t- you kind of grabbed them and said, you know, you might have enjoyed your placement,
2: come and work for me as well. So how has that gone? Mm-hmm. It's gone really, really well. In actual fact, I've got 15 of um, the 20 students that, you know, have taken up that bank contract position, which again, you know, has been a huge, huge help in kind of the recruitment as such, because as we all know, it's very challenging to recruit for social care at the moment, and um, I suppose healthcare as well. But in, in, in,
1: in terms of the young people that you've recruited onto your bank, was there any reaction from any of your staff or, or partners that you work with about employing young people? I mean, was, was everybody positive or did you get any kind of, oh, not sure about that?
2: i tell you where we've had the most negative, probably from service users themselves. Um, so they're kind of stuck in the ages where, well, right, I only want you know a very mature adult coming out to care for me because that's all have been used to, because mm-hmm. young people have never been pushed to, you know, come into social care as it's being pushed at this current moment in time, um, they're kind of stuck in, in mm-hmm. the mindset of... Um, well, I only want an older female or an older male looking after me. But it's about, again, working with the service user, breaking down those barriers, letting them know why it may be beneficial to have Mm. young people. You know, young people can bring a vibrant new insight. They can bring change, you know, all sorts of things to the business and to the service user using the service. So for me, I think, you know, it's about just working with them and breaking down every barrier. And then, you know, if at the end they're still not happy, then, you know, yes, we'll look to change. We look to, you know, revert back to how we were operating. But I think it's very important for anybody to accept young people and not have that vision of all young people are the same. They Mm. just sit on the mobile phones, they don't (laughs) do anything. They sit in the bedrooms. That's not the case. Some of these young people work harder than staff that I've employed for 15 years.
0: Yeah, Mm. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. And just thinking about when they first started with you, um, how how did you sort of kind of make sure that they were supported and felt settled? I can imagine particularly in home care that, you know, you're sort of kind of, out and about kind of individual homes, you know, how you know, how do you make sure that they feel that they they are not sort of kind of suddenly on their own and they they are settled?
2: So what we do is we have a period of um, training where you know they're with a mature carer for a long period of time and then once they feel comfortable enough they then go on to what we have as maybe two to one care. So they would then act as the second carer, but always with a mature um, carer. And that then, you know, in itself, nurtures the person. It gives them the right hands-on skills, the practical skills that they need to go forward. Um, And then obviously we have kind of a full, you know, support line where they can contact myself they can contact the deputy manager we work around kind of different shifts so there's always a support there for the young people Mm.
1: yeah i can imagine have any of the young people you've employed been under 18
2: yes we've got a couple that are 17 but are studying the t-level degree um and do you know what it is they're absolutely phenomenal um they go in they're more Toward, geared towards the two to one care rather than being on their own, yeah.
1: um,
2: and obviously there are stipulations around kind of what shifts they can carry. Yeah, I was I, I
1: was going to ask about that if there were things that you you know that they weren't able to do and how you've overcome that. Yeah.
2: So. You just really need to follow the guidance on the government website. It clearly states what an under 18 can do and can't do. They can't do night shifts. They need, you know, certain hours in between shifts. So normally if they work on Monday, they definitely wouldn't work a Tuesday. So so on and so on. We just work it like that and it works really well.
1: Mm. So you've really had success in employing under 18s, because I know a lot of people are put off by that.
2: They're they're really put off, and I think the biggest factor is they feel like they haven't got that skill set, or they're not ready for employment yet. But when I was seventeen, I was ready. I -hmm. didn't want to academically really keep going. I didn't want to continue on into further education. I wanted to be hands on. You know, I knew where I wanted to be, and I knew what sector I wanted to be in, and that was evident throughout my whole kind of school life. You know, yeah. I always I always knew I wanted to deal with people. I wanted to help people and I wanted to make a difference. And I think the students that we have have exactly the same mindset. They yeah. have that vested interest
1: it's interesting you're drawing on your experience because you started when you were 17, didn't you? you said, I did, yeah. yeah. So you're really advocating for young people in a way that perhaps other people who started older in life might not be thinking about. So it's great that you're able to express it so clearly why it's important for young people to be given a chance.
2: It is. I mean, it resonates completely with me. You know, I was where they, they are myself. Do you know what I mean? I was 17 and I started out as a healthcare assistant. And... I would never change that because that fundamentally gave me the skills, the knowledge that I have today. And it also made me the person that I am today. Yeah, Mm. I do. And
0: I think it's great that you, I think sometimes you have that. Oh, you almost have you carry that on your shoulders, don't you? The fact that you were 17 and you wanted to work in care, and and somebody gave you an opportunity, and I think you're kind of passing on that pattern. You're hoping that you were you were saying earlier that that some of those some of the people that you have uh, had on placements they are definitely going to be the leaders in the future. So you're kind of passing on that bat and saying, you know, eventually you're going to be the ones trying to encourage young people because we always, we're we going to continue to have to do this because we want to make sure that the, the workforce grows and evolves, don't we?
2: Certainly, without a doubt. And it's so fundamentally important that we, you know, achieve that for young people. Yeah.
0: it's As is home care, I suppose one of the things that we get uh, a lot of feedback on, and particularly in the area where I am, is quite um, – it's about – People work in home care, having to be drivers. How do you overcome that when they're sort of kind of 17 and they perhaps don't have their haven't passed their license, or their driving license yet?
2: Either they're paired up, kind of on the two-to-one case, so the with a driver, yeah. or yeah. we do have bespoke work, walking rounds anyway. Okay. So our areas are routed in a way that you could park your car up and you could walk.
0: And that's a good way of doing it. And they can do mm. they can do that. That's a really good way of doing it.
2: Other mm. um, ways that you've successfully recruited staff. Tell us about those. So Care Friends is an app and it came um, around through, again, our local authority who were very proactive in resourcing the most up to date, you know, influential kind of apps technologies or, or whatever um so it's an app that you can kind of share with your friends your family whoever somebody you know um, and you can share a job with them they click on the job they fill out the application and throughout the process you gain more and more points yeah. so those points then transfer into monetary rewards yeah. um so at the end of you know each pay period the carer or healthcare assistant can um, then download that into cash so it's a kind of an extra source of income yeah. for them and you can also use care friends as part of reward and recognition so we have kind of a red chested managers um care of the month and we yeah. have a care of the month award um and we offer money through the care friends for that and again you know they just download it the same so that's been really great in staff retention yeah i'm sure
0: absolutely sure and um with care friends i think one of the things with care friends is really making sure that that kind of everybody understands it so did you have to do a lot of work kind of groundwork? i suppose is what i'm trying to say so it's kind of when you first launched it to try and make sure everybody understood what it is they had to do
2: it wasn't a great deal of work. Um, myself and the director sat on a meeting, a Teams meeting, yeah. um, with kind of the people from Care Friends. We went through it. We went through how it worked. And then very quickly, we were able just to kind of send out the links to all of the staff. They were able to download the app, the same as you would just download any app on your phone. Very yeah. simple. Go in the app store, download, you've got it. You have a unique company number, which you input, and then you're up and running. Mm. Sounds really mm.
0: simple and, and great. You've managed to uh, recruit staff through it and, and mm. retain staff as well, which is equally important. Are there, really other things, are there other things that you do to recruit new staff?
2: Yeah, so we kind of like to ask our staff what they need, how they need it, what services they need. So there was kind of a lot of around health so, we as a company joined the Better Health at Work Award, which is oh. a nationally recognized award. And we just started that and your first awards bronze. So, we've achieved that and we're now going in for our silver. So, that's work around, you know, it might be 25 staff have come to us and said, we're overweight, we need some support, what we're going to do. So, we've joined up and we've created a group where you can come and get weighed once a week Um We'll share recipes on a platform, healthy meals, healthy exercise classes, live videos of some of the office staff doing exercise classes and stuff <laughs> like that. So keeping that engagement, communication is very important. Mm. Um, and again, that's helped with retention of staff mm. because they feel like they're involved, which yeah. is always a good thing. Um, and that's what you want. You want your staff to feel involved, Um it's a great scheme. A- it's in my area uh-huh.
0: too. And I've I've had them attend all my network meetings because I just think it's a fantastic way of 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 showing the your workforce that you care about them and yeah. by having kind of a mm-hmm. healthy workplace um project you can sort of kind of show that it's sort of kind of recognized it's not something that you sort of kind of made up and in in your office is actually something recognized so it sounds like you've really kind of taken that on and really gone for it so well done yeah mm. sounds amazing. oh we've
2: got so much going on with that and then on the back foot of that i find certainly the challenges that COVID have posed and the mental health kind of side of things for people, um, not being able to go out, not being able to um, associate with the family, the friends, you know, becoming isolated and different things like that. So again, through the Better Health at Work, we've created a quarterly kind of time to talk drop-in mm-hmm. session. So any of our staff that have, you know, mental health or need a little bit of wellbeing advice, we have different speakers come. um, They can all come. They can have a cup of tea, a chat. um, And I suppose one of our biggest things is the support of equality and diversity, such as on the 24th of this month, we have the Pride coffee morning Mm. um, for staff. So it's really important to kind of get into all of the different things that staff are involved in and what resonates with their massacres. Yeah.
1: It's great that you you view re- retention as an important part of recruitment. I mean, you've talked about them together in that way, which is great, because a lot of people forget that it's you can't just recruit staff, you've got to keep them. And you know, it's great examples
2: it's you know retention I suppose is almost more important than the recruitment of staff because you need your existing staff to train new staff you know and and that is so important it's vital that your staff feel supported nurtured feel like they've got that go-to and that's how our team feel you know they've we've created a new vision a set of values a better culture here at kelly park um and that together has supported our retention and recruitment process mm. yeah
0: one of the things i loved on your facebook group was uh how you celebrate staff anniversaries their work anniversaries i love that
2: <laughs> so I you really make a big thing out of that don't you uh-huh. we love to do that um, we celebrate the birthdays we we send them all birthday cards we do the work anniversaries um and kind of we share their they've got a platform of their own that they can log on to so it's all the healthcare assistants and all of the managers and we just share great practice great photos so the things and the bits that the world can't see you know mm-hmm. so one of my team recently took it upon themselves to, you know, give the, give the service user a, a real makeover, like a spa day, but at home. I can't put that out for the whole world to see, but internally we have a platform that we can show that. So, again, sharing good practice, good stories, then being able to have a laugh, a joke, it's really helped with retention and recruitment processes. Mm. Yeah, sounds great.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay, I mean, that, that was really interesting in, in everything you said there, Kirsty, but um, for our, uh, every one of our podcasts, we have a, what we call our time for care slot. So this is your opportunity to say what your most time-saving tip is that you would advise other managers to, to do.
2: So my top time-saving tip would be to hold the vision and trust the process I'm a firm believer of the saying, you cannot save time, only choose to spend it wisely or foolishly.
1: Oh, wow. (laughs) That's, yes. That's very good. Very profound. Brilliant. Tell
2: us a bit more about that. I'm intrigued now. (laughs) So I think for me, it's about, you know, buying into the vision. So if you can't visualize where you want to be, what direction you want to take the business, how you want to, you know, manage the company, then really you're wasting so much time. You've Mm. got to know that direction and buy into that vision and keep that vision. Mm. If you lose sight of that vision, you know, you're going to waste so much time. You're never going to achieve all of your objectives. Mm. And I think, you know, the bit about, you spend it either wisely or foolishly. So I could sit here and waste a full day doing nothing, but do I spend it wisely? Do I go out, not remove myself from ground zero, work with the staff, you know, be a healthcare assistant as well as a manager, not ask staff to do anything I wouldn't do myself. And Mm -hmm. in turn, you gain respect from that, you gain gain a better culture, a better Mm -hmm. workforce, and again, recruitment and retention is better.
1: Yeah. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. That's a really good, good tip there. Yeah, good. So our, our final question, um, if you can imagine that we're in a lift on the 10th floor and we're going down, so we haven't got very long. Um, before people get out, you want to impart one key message to leave them with. What's what, What's your sort of key message you want to give?
2: I suppose the future is completely open and we are writing it moment by moment. The future also influences the present just as much as the past. So challenge status quo. Together we can shape social care of the future by supporting and nurturing young people with a vested interest in the sector to help prevent the care crisis we all feel
1: oh wow thank you that so much deep. well yeah. done yeah thank that's you <laughs> amazing.
2: yeah and
0: i think that sums up really what your message throughout has been about you know investing in those young people and mm. that you know we all have a responsibility to do that so excellent thank you so much for your time today it's been really insightful and i've learned yeah. loads um so thank you so much yeah
1: thank you
2: you're very bye. welcome thank you very much take <laughs> okay. care bye, bye. bye. bye.
0: That was great to hear from Kirsty, wasn't it?
1: Yes, absolutely. So, so
0: many ideas in terms of everything that she's, and for such a new manager, Yeah, you know, she's clearly kind of come in and gone, right, this is what I'm going to do. And I thought her explanation of being a new manager and having to register with CQC and her yes. nervousness around, yeah. and I think we we heard a bit of that nervousness. We did. <laughs> I think she clearly kind of, you know, overthought the uh, the kind of the interview didn't she? <laughs> mm,
1: <laughs> mm, yeah.
0: Skills of care. We've actually just recently uh, kind of added a section on our website for new services, new managers, um, and I, I particularly like that there's now uh, a five-page guide. I suppose you could call it around preparing for that CQC. Um, interview that you could kind of, some of the things that we know have been asked, some of the things you might want to prepare yourself, although... Mm don't over-prepare like Kirsty <laughs> and get yourself in such a state because as she said, they're still people and they're going to, you know, they're going to be nice enough
1: to Yeah, she was very reassuring, wasn't she? Yeah, I, th- I think the thing that struck me right the way through was she's so passionate about young people and about recruiting young people and, and ways of getting them involved through placements and stuff. I, I mean, like, it was just really, really inspiring to hear somebody talk about the value of young people in that way, wasn't it? And, yeah, I, sure. and I was really interested that she was talking about, you know, the fact that they actually employ 17 year olds and under 18s because I know that a lot of people have been put off that because of um, you know the way that there are guidelines around it obviously um, and in fact we've got on the a section on our website about um, under the widening your talent pool bit where there's guidance on employers working that um, are age 16 and 17 and I know she referred to the government guidance as well and, and we've used that as a kind of checklist because it summarizes yeah. the benefits and talks about that but I think it was really good what she was saying to encourage others to consider it wasn't and the, yeah. the work that was needed to be done with the staff and with the service users, but really, really good. And, yeah. and her, her placements, wow. You yeah. know, how, exactly. that's so many she was offering, wasn't she, in, yeah. the, in terms of that. And uh, again, I mean, we, we've, we've got some guidance on that because we've got a document called Offering Meaningful Work Experience and, and really looking at how that can be done. And I think it would be great if other people, you know, did what she was doing around that. Yeah, it would be really good.
0: Yeah and actually you know, you think about it she offered 20 placements and 15 then went on to work for her yeah. her staff you know it's when you think of it like that it's a no brainer yes mm, she had mm. to put in a lot of work to begin with um and she had to prepare her staff prepare her students have the uh, partnership with the college uh, tutors but as a result of it the percentage of people who then joined her workforce and then mm. has you know it, better than many other recruitment initiatives know, that you yeah. may not may spend equal amount of time on so it's just a different way of, of spending your time wisely as she said yeah. at the and end she,
1: yes <laughs> absolutely but she did sort of stress that it, I mean it, it came across that there was quite a lot of work involved in making sure it worked well and yeah. I think again the guidance that we've got sort of goes through the different steps involved in making those uh, work experience count and making it meaningful as, as the title says because I think that's the danger isn't it that you do don't want just work experience that isn't um, beneficial but hers clearly is so you know yeah, great great use of placements really yeah, good
0: absolutely I've used that guide before and looked at it as, as a way of kind of just a bit of a checklist for yourself to think well mm. what are the things that I need to so they don't just sort of turn up on the first day and you think oh I'm
1: to be doing <laughs> yeah. with them
0: you know <laughs> that they feel welcome that they feel everybody expected them and they have a programme and they feel yeah. supported throughout that they um, and they go back to the other people they they're studying with and saying wow I had an amazing experience yeah. you know um, that's exactly what we want which,
1: which has a big impact as well as as yeah. she said in terms of the word of mouth like care friends you know yeah. Yeah, really exactly. important
0: exactly exactly so that's it for now hope you enjoyed listening to this episode and you continue and enjoy listening to the care exchange bye for now
1: bye